0: We're about to begin Perak Dalit, the fourth chapter. We've read so far of the heroic, noble, self-sacrificing return of Ruth from Moab to accompany Naomi and her commitment to live by all of the values and principles and lifestyle of the Jewish people. And we read of her going out to find food to find matnos aniyim leket, to glean, in the fields of another person. And that person turns out to be none other than this heroic gentleman named Boaz. And Boaz, Naomi tells Ruth, is the goel, is the closest relative, actually the closest we will find that we have found out in chapter 3, the closest but one in the entire family. And he is the goel. And But to hasten things, Naomi sets up a, sets a stage which is... Borders on, borders on, 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 beyond bold, risky is the word, brazen is perhaps the best word. But she pulls it off, and nami goes out. Bruce goes out at Nami's request, meets Boaz at night, and Boaz realizes a little bit of what's happening here, and Boaz sends Bruce back home unharmed, untouched, and now and gives her a gift and says to her. I'll take care of things from this point on. And Naomi tells us, don't worry, count on, Bo- on Boaz. Now we're going to learn exactly what Boaz does. Perik Dalet. Boaz, that same day, L-ish-kot-ish. he didn't wait a moment. Immediately, he went to the shahar, to the gates, where the court is, where the Zekanim are, where the elders sit sat there Goel over behold, who do you think is passing by? The goel that he referred to, the nameless anonymous Goel, the closer relative. And he's passing by the Shar. Is that accident? that just happens to be that way. Uh, that's one of those Mikrim, uh, one of those accidents or coincidences uh, that there's no way an accident or a coincidence, but it's there by design. And Boaz, and the very next morning, Al Tomar, we in Al Tomar, don't say, I'll do it tomorrow, do it today. You never know what tomorrow will bring. Boaz does it today. And behold, the helps him a bit. And the Goel, the other Goel, closer Goel, is right there. And he invites him to sit here with the other elders. Ploni Almoni, it's just Mr. Anonymous, John Doe. Chazal give him the name Tov. His name was Tov, but we never know that from the P'sukim. He's just called the anonymous somebody, Baloni Almoni. And this anonymous somebody sits down. Boaz took ten people among the elders. He said, "Sit down here," and they sat. What's the number of ten? Chazal say, because he wanted to teach them the halacha, that the strictures, the love, the prohibition in the Torah against marrying a person from Moab, only a male from Moab, but you can marry the female. And Boaz wanted that known and taught, so he took ten people. Also, say Chazal, he took ten people because he knew there was going to be a wedding real soon. Perhaps his own wedding to Rus. Perhaps the wedding of his plony in Rus. But there's gonna be a wedding, and for a wedding you need a minion for Birchas Khassanim. And so he set everything up. This is the kind of person we're talking about. He thinks of everything, he acts quickly, he acts diligently, he acts thoroughly, he acts wisely, and he acts with great forethought. And he said to the Goel, look how he says it to him, Hey, I have a business deal for you. You know, our friend Ali Melech Long ago, various ways of understanding this is possible, but I'll just pick one way. Long ago, when he was desperate for cash, Elimelech sold his field in Eretz Yisrael. And we know the halacha, when you sell a field in Eretz Yisrael, your family has the right, in fact, the mitzvah, to go and buy that field back from whoever bought it from you and restore it to you, to your family, so that the, the, the land that you owned in Eretz Yisrael stays where it should be within the family, within the correct tribe. So here you have an opportunity, Mr. Goel, Mr. Plony-Almoni, says Boaz. There was a field that belonged to our brother, Elimelech. This Naomi sold it. This Naomi who has now returned from Stemov. And I figured, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to bring this to your attention. And I'll tell you. Buy it. Buy that field. Here, in the presence of those who are assembled here. In the presence of the elders who are here. If you redeem it, if you buy it and get it back to the family, fine. If you're not going to do it, tell me. And I will know. There's nobody else but you. You're the closest relative. I'm the next closest relative. If you don't buy it, if you don't do that ge'ula on the field, on the real estate, I'm next. I'll do it. So Plony Almoni says, fine. sounds like a right thing to do. I'll do this mitzvah. Buy a piece of real estate. Bring it back to the... Rightful uh, owners, the rightful tribe that owns it. I'll be the Goel. Now, Bala says, wait a second, that's fine, but there's more to the deal. It's not just a real estate deal, because the responsibility of the Goel is not only to get the real estate back to where it belongs, but it's also to uh, give um, uh, longevity, to give perpetuity to the family. To marry the widows of the family and have children by them, so that those children will be known as the grandchildren of Elimelech, the children of Machlon and Kilion. So Boaz now tells him, "There's more to the deal." The day that you buy the field, you realize there's more to it than the field you're also buying this Rus, this Moabite woman. And he says to her, to him, she's a Moabite woman, because he knows this ploni almoni, even though the halacha is you can marry a Moabite woman, but, you know, it says Nish can find a and the ploni almoni is not about to do it. Besides, the ploni almoni is married himself. So the ultimate being is so that the mace is known gets known. He's, he's known forever. Someone else's child, true, but nevertheless, it's his his heritage. His legacy. Now the Goel says, oh, no way. Can't do that. Can't do that. Lo uchal ligo li I cannot do this this is too much Uh, this is too much i'm going to ruin everything i can't afford another wife i have already a wife or perhaps more than one she's a moavia she's a widow she forget it you want it you can have her and you can have the land buy the land kilo i can't do it then we have a parenthesis a reference to an old, old custom. It was once the custom in Israel. Whenever things were bought or exchanged, whenever there was a transaction, a business transaction, to kind of make it legit, to kind of make it valid, to, to symbolically say, it's a deal. We nowadays might do it through a handshake. The person took off his, fo- his shoe, gave it to the other person, this was a tradition in Israel. In the Gemara, there was a machlokes. Who took off the shoe and gave it to whom? Was it the seller to the buyer or the buyer to the seller? There's two opinions. even the Meforshim here say, there's two opinions in, in the meaning of the posuch, but that was the old custom. And Boaz did this. The Goel said, Plony said to Boaz, it's a deal, you buy it. Boaz says, fine. My Yishlof Na'alo pulled off his shoe. It's a deal. HaYomer Boaz Levekeinim and Boaz said to the elders, V'chol Ha'om and to all the people, Eidim HaTem HaYom, you are now witnesses. Ki K'anisi Yez Kolasher L'Eli Melech, that I bought everything that belonged to L'Eli Melech. I took over all the unfinished business. And all the uh, that belonged to Eli Melach's sons, I took it all over. I am finishing up all the unfinished business. Therefore, every piece of real estate that they sold, I'm buying back. It's going to stay with the family. And as far as the unfinished business of a widow, a Rus, this is really the first time we know who married whom, and that Rus married Machlon. And I am going to I bought, I've purchased, I've acquired her as a wife. The reason, not romance, but My intention is to perpetuate the name of Machlom. So that his name should not be forgotten from his brothers, Umishar, Makomo, and from the gates of his place. Adim Atem Hayom, you are witnesses. Um, today here again we see boaz as a man of action a man who thinks of everything the man who sets everything up exactly right and and um, concludes it does what he has to do all the people at the gate said and the elders are standing there as witnesses. They say to him, this is the people of the Zikdi, Om, Bashar, and the Zekanim." And they say, they give him a bracha. May she be like Rochel and Leo, And may you do wonderful things and gain a great reputation. And, next Pazek Yud Bey, And may your house be like the house of Peretz, who, whom Tomar gave birth to, Tomar and Yehuda, from the seed that God will give you from this girl. So they allude in their brocha, all the way back in Jewish history, to Rochel and to Leah, and to Yehuda and Tomar. Very, very important. And Rav Lipovitz puts it this way, his Just like no one questioned the Yichus of Rochel and Leia. After all, who was the Yichus of Rochel and Leia? Their father was Lovan Arami. Asher Bikesh l'akar a wanted to commit genocide. These are the daughters of a genocidal maniac. And nevertheless, they were the ones who built base Royal. They were the one who obeyed role. And therefore, don't look negatively upon this girl. She doesn't have any less of a yichus than Rochel and Leah had. Again, we remember what Chazal, the words that Chazal put in the mouth of Boaz. Ein at min you are not one of the maids, you are one of the mothers. You are right up there with Rochel and, um, and Leah. And not only that, but let's take a look back at Yehuda and Tomar. Another questionable action. Tomar was more brazen, perhaps, than Naomi. Tomar actually dressed herself up like a harlot and seduced Yehuda and and, and misled him and tricked him, etc., etc., just to conceive from him. And the end of the story is that their child, Peretz, is the the, um, ancestor of Jewish kings for all time and eternity. So... Comparing this also to Peretz, the child of Tomor and Yehuda. A, a, a comparison between Tomor and Ruth, of Flipovitz. Sheshteyhen Both of them endangered their honor, the yes, Eshimon, and their reputation. Uvedrochim shavos, and in almost exact ways... Tried to join up, to couple with this tribe, the tribe of royalty, and with this family. In the words of the Yehuda, Two women sacrificed themselves because of the tribe of Yehuda, the royal tribe, Tamar and Rus. Boaz indeed married Rus. She was his wife. She was his faithful wife. And indeed he had relations with her. God gave her conception. God gave her pregnancy. He was blessed by the Rebunished himself, And she gave birth to a son. And take a look at what happens next. The women, anonymous women, the Noshim, say to Naomi, goel hayon "Blessed be God, who has not eliminated, who has not blocked the possibility of you having a goel, and let him be named in Israel. Let him be a famous person. Let him be someone special." Chazal say. That these were not just dumb women in the street, but rather there's a great, great folk wisdom in what these women have to say. The words of Hazal Shutada Nashi, Shutada the The prattling of these women is really the prattling of the entire nation. They reflect an entire nation's hope. The entire nation was hoping now that this union of Boaz and Ruth and this yet unnamed child who was just born will be the key to the Ge'ulah. Everyone is looking forward to it. And they say, This child should be for you a, a consolation. And to keep you busy during your old age because your daughter-in-law who loves you gave birth to him that daughter-in-law who is better for you than seven sons your sons didn't do so well but this daughter did so these women at this point add to the previous bracha, the bracha of the Am and the Zakanim, and they begin to look forward to the Geula. And if, writes Rav Lipovitz, we want to understand the Jewish genius that is to be found here between the lines, we see how everyone... Not just the elders and the prophets, but even the women, even everyone. Tanimim Take and give the crown of royalty. To whom? To a daughter of an enemy. To a daughter of Moab. To a, a, a daughter of a decadent society. They're not racially or politically prejudiced in any way. It's out of this union that the people see that there is hope. For the Geula Shleima, the people don't think the Geula has to come through Shemeshiah, who comes from absolutely pure Yichus on every possible side. They don't do what today's done in all Shiduchim to do a check and investigation to make sure there's nothing whatsoever wrong with anyone. No, there's plenty wrong with the Yichus of Rus, but nevertheless, she herself is the Imosh El Malchus, is the mother of royalty. Boaz certainly the Yishchayel. Out of this Ishrael, this Israel, the people, the masses, understand, not just the great wise people, the masses, these anonymous women, understand that the Mashiach can come from, uh, from such a union. For so, took the child and placed him in her lap. Vatihi Lola and she was kind of a, a babysitter for this little baby. who gave this person the name, the name that will go down in history, not the Rebbe, and not the Rov, and not even the parents, certainly not the grandparents, the neighbors. Sometimes neighbors know best. And they called him a name, and they said, Yulad This is a child born to the grandmother, to Naomi. And his name was Oved, the worshiper, the servant, who who eventually is the father of Yeshai, Avidavid, the father of David. Oved is the grandfather. Boaz and Ruth, the great grandparents of none other than David Hamelech. In saying this, when the women say, the sheinos, the neighbors say, Yulad Benla Naomi, a child is born to Naomi, they're teaching us two very important things. Number one, that from a Jewish perspective, a product, an outcome is always traced back to the original roots of that outcome. When Moshe Rabenu, for example, saves the daughters of Yitzhak, they go back to their father and they say, Ish Mitzri Hitzilanu, an Egyptian man has saved us. According to one Medrish and Rabo, the Egyptian man is not Moshe. The Egyptian man is the Mitzri, the Egyptian whom Moshe killed. As Chazal say, Who caused Moshe to be around when we needed him? We the daughters of Yisro. The Ish-Mitzri whom Moshe killed. In other words, they trace back the good outcome to the original, original cause. And so too here. Everyone knows it's not Naomi's baby, it's Russa's baby. Why do they say, you bena Naomi, Because Naomi is the ultimate cause of this. Naomi is the original... She kicked it all off. She started it. She threw out the first ball. She's the one who engineered this entire drama to get this to happen. So it's Yulad Ben-Lanami, number one. And number two, the baby is called Oved. And let's take a look at this name, Oved. Chazal linked this name, Oved, to a pasuk, which we also studied some time back, in Malachi. And the time will come, says the Novi Malachi, when you will see, and the difference, between the righteous and the wicked, between the person who is OVAD, God, and the person who is not OVAD. say, You will see the difference between RUS and orpa. RUS is the OVAD, or the OVEDES, that's why the son, the offspring, Ru's child here is called Oved. The words of Chazal, this is the I Lekahtov, Sadik Nosot In order to understand this Madrish. That Rus went this way, Orpa went this way. Rus is the Ovedalokim, and, and Orpah the Asher Lo avodoh. We must remember the Gemara, famous Gemara, Meseches Chagiga, Davtes. Amalo Barheheh leHilul. Barheheh said to how are we to understand this posuk? The difference between the tzaddik and the rasha, the difference between the Ovedalokim and Asher Lo If they're all, hainu tzaddik, hainu Oved it's just repetitive. To just say the difference between the tzaddik and russia What does it mean? You'll see two things: the difference between the tzaddik and Rasha, and the difference between the Oved and the shale, the Avado. That's the question, and the answer, that's given in the Gemara, is Avado, The one who's over the one who's not over they're both Sadiq. You can't compare someone who studies Torah a hundred times to the person who studies Torah a hundred and one times. The person who studies Torah hundred and one times is the Oved The person just a hundred times is Eno Avatov. He's not an Oved in other words, there's a difference between a and Russia. That's a difference between black and white. But there's also a difference, a subtle difference, between the ovade and the eno And that difference sometimes is one, one extra lesson, one extra mile, one extra step, one extra learning, one extra hour, one extra dollar, one extra mitzvah. That sometimes is all the difference in the world. Take Rus and Orpah. They were both quite important women. They were both quite ready to go along with Naomi. And had Naomi not tried to talk them out of it, Orpah would have stayed with Ruth. You're talking about someone extremely, extremely righteous at one point. But Ruth went the extra step and Orpah didn't. And because of that, their pairs diverged so much that Orpah becomes the mother of of Goliath, Goliath, and Ruth becomes the mother or great-grandmother of David, of David. That's the lesson. That's why the product of this marriage is called an ovate, because Rus went the extra step, literally went the extra mile. And then the puzzle continues with the famous genealogy, with which we will end this beautiful, beautiful Megillah. It goes all the way back to Peretz, the son of Yehuda and Tamar, all the way back to Chumash Bereshis. And... The told those Peretz, Peretz, holy des Chetron. The Chetron, holy des Rom, the Rom, holy des Aminodov. Peretz, then Chetron. Then Rom, then Aminodov. The Aminodov, holy des Nachshon, the Nachshon, holy des Salmo. Nachshon, the great hero, also mentioned here in the lineage of ultimately David. The Salmon, the Nachshon, holy des Salmo. The Salmon, holy des Boaz. Boaz was the grandson of Nachshon, who Holides as Oved, as we just learned, the Oved Holides as Yishoy. the Yishai holed as David. Ultimately, the conclusion, the climax of this beautiful Megillah is the birth of Dovid, the Mashiach Tzadkenu. Hopefully in the zuchus of our study of all of Nevi'im Exuvim, which we have been studying now for two years, And certainly in the z'chus of our study of Megillah Rus, may we be z'ochah to see David Melech Yisroch Ha'evakayim, the resurrection, as it were, of David HaMelech, and the bi'as Mishiyach Tzidkenu, b'mheiro v'yomeinu Omen.